Hey guys, today we're continuing my series, How Cognitive Illusions Prevent You from Building the Life You Actually Want. Now, if you're just jumping into the series, here's how you can get caught up. In the introduction, which I've linked above, I told you how cognitive illusions systematically prevent people from building the lives that they actually want. And they do this by causing people to make decision after decision based on faulty thinking. And how, once you know what these illusions are, you can combat them with signposts that let you know that you've entered the cognitive illusion zone and external structure to help you navigate through the illusion. In part one of this series, we talked about cognitive illusion number one, anchoring to the negative. Then we started talking about cognitive illusion number two, trying to do it right. In part 2a, I walked you through how that illusion works and why it leads you to create the life that you don't want. And then in part 2b, I talked about how to combat this illusion. So go back and read part 2 and part 2a and part 2b if you haven't already. Today, we're going to talk about common pitfalls and objections that come up when people try to combat this illusion. There's five of them. Objection number one. People tell me, Pooja, breaking the automatic rule book has real life consequences. And yes, it definitely can. O'Shea Sibley was killed last month while voguing to Beyonce and pumping gas at a gas station because someone thought he was too black and too gay. And Adam Grant wrote recently about how women who use weak language, like disclaimers saying, I might be wrong, but, or hedges like maybe and sort of, and tag questions like, don't you think? are perceived as more likable and therefore more likely to get raises and to be listened to. And that's compared to women who don't use that kind of weak language. So yes, there can absolutely be real life consequences for breaking the automatic rule book in your head because there's often a very similar version of that rule book in other people's heads. But here are two more ways to think about this. First off, sometimes breaking your automatic rule book doesn't have external consequences. One of the rules in my brain's automatic rule book is always shave your legs before wearing shorts or skirts or dresses. I went out of town last weekend and I completely forgot to shave before going. I only brought dresses with me, no tights, nothing else. And so I just wore the dresses. And guess what? Nothing happened. I wasn't arrested. Nobody yelled at me. Nobody even said anything. I did feel nervous and like awkward about it, but that's an internal consequence, not an external. Or take have two kids, which is another one of the rules that used to be in my brain's automatic rule book. Did you know that you can just not have any kids and nothing happens to you? No one comes to your house and arrests you for that? So while yes, some rules in your brain's automatic rule book do carry real life external consequences, a lot of the rules have no real life consequences whatsoever. And far from having consequences, Breaking the rules can actually help you find your people. And when breaking the rules does have consequences, you still have the power to see following the rule as a situational choice, not a universal requirement. So the cognitive illusion at play here isn't that the rules even exist. They do exist. The cognitive illusion is that the rules define who you are and represent your only choice. Just because women who use weak language when they ask for raises are more likely to get them, per Adam Grant, doesn't mean you have to use weak language in every situation in your life. Or that using weak hedging language is the quote-unquote correct way to be as a woman. 
You can also see it as when I'm in a slightly adversarial situation, like asking for a raise or trying to persuade someone to do something they don't want to do, one way I can smooth my own path is by using weak language in that particular situation. And to see that as a situational choice made by you, not a universal requirement being imposed onto you. It is not, I always have to hedge, I always have to use a disclaimer, I can never brag or be aggressive or be assertive because then I would be doing it wrong in some kind of universal sense. It's just like saying, I wear the right clothes for the occasion. I dress up when I go to a wedding, I dress down when I go to a baseball game, but it's not that I am fancy attire or that I am casual attire. I just put on the clothes that I think will work best in that situation. Is it fair that our society has different rules for people of different genders and skin tones and sexualities and nationalities? No, it's complete bullshit. And yet, it's the reality that we live in. And you can still play by the rules when you absolutely need to without internalizing the rules to such an extent that they become your only internal compass and your identity. Now let's talk about objection number two. So should I just never follow external rules or take feedback from people like ever? No, not at all. It's not about whether or not you follow external rules or listen to feedback. It's about why you're following those external rules and why you're listening to feedback. Are you doing it because you think you have to, that you have no choice? Or are you doing it because you filtered it through your own expertise, your own discernment, and you actually think that it's a good idea? Because never follow the rules is just as limiting as always follow. There's no external always or never anything. It's about being guided by your own inner knowing and making a conscious choice about what to do. Objection number three. I don't have time for all this. I have things to do. Saying I don't have time to figure out how to be my true self and build my own playbook for how to live my life because I have too much stuff to do is kind of like a business leader saying, I don't have time to develop a strategy for my business. I have too many things I just need to go execute. Running fast and far doesn't do you much good if you're running in the wrong direction. Now that's not to say you have to drop everything and go on a three month long retreat to go find yourself. You probably still have to go to your job and pay your bills and take care of the people who depend on you. Just like a business that needs a new strategy probably still has to serve their existing customer and keep revenue coming in to cover their costs. But that business still needs to set aside the time and get the support they need to craft their new strategy. Otherwise, they'll just keep marching in the wrong direction. And in the same way, you still need to set aside the, set aside the time and get the support you need to craft your playbook for the life you actually want to live. Otherwise, you'll just keep marching in the wrong direction. And one great way to set aside that time and get that support, hire a coach. Objection number four. This is all so new to me. I don't know how to do this. Here's the good news. You are not by any means a slave to your automatic rule book. There are plenty of areas in your life where you started with an automatic rule book and then overwrote it with your own nuanced, you-based playbook rooted in your own expertise and critical thinking. Think about something that you're really good at, your area of confidence and expertise. Or think about a decision that you really struggled with, but ultimately worked through. And now you can look back with full confidence at what you did and why. Or think about something that you started out being bad at or uncertain about how to do, but over time you figured it out and now you're confident about it. 
take the time to get these examples clear in your mind because I want you to see the evidence. You already know how to do this. You already know how to overwrite your automatic rule book and replace it with your personalized playbook that's aligned to your values and your perspective. You are already good at this. Now, objection number five. My stupid brain keeps going back to the same stupid place. This is normal. One of the things that can be really frustrating for people is when they know what they want to think, but they notice their brain going back to the old thinking again and again in the heat of the moment. So let's reset your expectations for what mental habit change really looks like, because that's what we're really doing here. We're changing a habit. It just happens to be a mental and emotional habit, aka a way that you perceive and feel and think about yourself and the world, rather than a physical habit, like which hand you write with or how you drive a car. Changing a mental habit has three components, logic, reps, and the practice arena. So when it comes to breaking the habit of trying to do it right and blindly following your brain's automatic rulebook, first, you need to find the new logic that you want to put in place to replace the old logic. If you're not trying to do it right all the time, what are you doing? You have to make sure that the new logic really resonates with your brain and that you've answered all of your brain's objections to it. If you haven't done that, your brain will keep rejecting the new logic in the moment and defaulting to the old one. So let's say your new logic is, instead of trying to do it right, I'm going to try to be more myself. Once you have that new logic, you then need a lot of reps so your brain actually accesses the new logic in the relevant moments. So when you look at all the emails in your inbox, or when you get critical feedback, or when you're just alone with your thoughts at night, in all the situations where doing it right is relevant, you have very well-worn neural pathways to access the old try to do it right logic in all these situations. And you need a bunch of reps to strengthen the neural pathways that access the new trying to be myself logic in those same situations. You'll have to access it kind of manually or consciously at first. And you may even have to stop and think, wait, what does doing it like myself even look like in that situation? But once you have enough reps, your brain will put this new way of thinking and being on autopilot. And finally, there's the practice arena. When and where are you going to get your reps? When people want their mental habit change to just be instant, they say, well, I just want to think my new thought all the time everywhere. That's a pretty grueling practice arena to start out with. It's like trying to go from couch to marathon in one day. Create a practice arena that is small and doable, one that you can be consistent with for a long time. And maybe you, practice, maybe you practice doing things like yourself instead of doing things right for 30 minutes every morning while you clear your inbox. That's it. And then the rest of the day, you don't even worry about it. Then once that's on autopilot, you can work on doing things like yourself instead of doing things right in your routine work meetings. And once that's feeling comfortable, you can expand to higher stake meetings or parties that you feel nervous to go to or anything else. Pick a small, doable arena. It's not too much of a stretch for you. Get your reps in just that arena. Don't worry about the rest of your day or everything else going on in your life. Take one small step at a time. And when that arena becomes comfortable, expand to the next step. I put a lot of thought into what it takes to actually create the life you want. The problem isn't tactical, it's mental. And as you can see from this series, I have made it my job to figure out what those mental obstacles are how to get around them, 
and what to actually do tactically every day to turn your dream life into a reality. I do it because I don't want you to be like the people at Clay Christensen's 30 years school reunions. I don't want you to become one of those people who accidentally ended up implementing a life strategy that was the opposite of what they wanted. Don't just cross your fingers and hope that it all turns out okay. You would never do that at your job. So why do it in your life? Instead, you can learn exactly how the life-creating machine between your ears, aka your brain, actually works. You can learn how it's already creating the life that you're living right now, and how you can put your hands on the control panel and direct the machine in the direction that you want to go. So come talk to me, and let's get started. Go to the link above and book a free coaching consult.